This is The Soul's Intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher, Ernie Vecchio. The Soul's Intent is a show that boldly claims that it can help reveal where you are on the spiritual path. Learn how there is a physical place of love, truth, and freedom. Listen, and in an instant, learn that moving to such a place is actually a choice. This is The Soul's Intent, and now here's your host, Ernie Vecchio. spiritual work that people are the most vulnerable when they're emoting and typically some outside event throws them into a place they don't want to be and the floodgates open many people fear these emotions while some become addicted to them the soul wants us to know that before becoming attached to anything our feelings are simply there to move emotions around and we could not have a more more proof of that than what's taking place in the culture today uh, and so, Irma, thank you for joining me uh, for The Soul's Intent for this show as we're talking about the difference between feeling and emoting and really what impact that has on, uh, on spiritual work and the understanding that, spirits, that, the, that the human spirit works with emotions together towards the soul's intent. So as, as you were contemplating the show today, and with all that's going on in the world, <laughs> uh, what, what, what were your thoughts? That emotions provide the energy while the soul offers direction. And especially with what's going on right now, I think that's really, really a key thing to remember that the soul does offer direction and to stay tuned in to, to our soul right now. Yeah, what, what I want people to hear on the show today is, is, that, uh, is, is that what's going on in the world right now is that we've, we have exposed the human shadow. And this, this exposure of the human shadow has been taking place for several years, but the movement or the passion for the movement needed a face. And if anybody wants to know what Donald Trump is, he is that face. And as, and as a result of that, when you look around the world this, this week, that 600 uh, groups of women got together all around the world to talk about human rights and that women's rights are human rights – um, th- this is a this is a profound thing to understand that the human spirit, which is our feeling reaction to what we're experiencing, provoked us into an emotional place to then take action. And this is the this is the the role of the angst of the human experience. That without the human spirit's provocation, we would not do anything. We would not move. And without passion, and without a f- and without a face for what we're passionate about, we're just kind of spinning our wheels. And so we are at the cusp, I think, right now uh, with the soul's intent, with bringing spiritual integrity back to the world in a way that is not being talked about. But even more importantly, that human beings are saying enough already that the world is not black and white. It is mostly gray, and we have to figure out how to find compromise and compassion in that area of human rights and women's rights and everything. So, um, yeah, so it's a big deal. Yeah, you write, how do emotions inform the soul? It seems they shock the soul into action. What is this action? It seems that when the soul energizes, causes to vibrate, it tries to rid itself of hundreds of false and painful identifications from the past. I mean, that's what we're doing. That's what's happening right now in, in our world. Yes, and, and what people need to know 
particularly people that are spiritually minded, is, is that this had to happen the way it's happening. So in other words, integrity has been collapsing in the Western world for decades now. It's been collapsing, and by that I mean all the things we thought we could trust and all the things we thought we could believe in have collapsed. The legal system, the school system, the government, all these different things are collapsing, and we're seeing a shadow side to this. But this was this is the function of the soul. The soul kind of orchestrates these things to happen so that we can see what it is we need to see. And, uh, and we're not typically willing to look at the human shadow until something drastic occurs. And this, is, this happens in the personal ego, and it happens in the collective ego. We are seeing that now collectively, that the provocation of the human spirit, which is the feeling reaction to what we're being exposed to, was just too much. It was too much, and that provocation made us emotional. And so what I want people to be clear on is, is that the passion that we are feeling, uh, which is the passion to self-correct, is the function of the human spirit in general. Yeah. And, so, and, so yeah. now, and so now we have this self-corrective movement that's happening worldwide uh, about human rights. And so, like I said to you before we uh, came on to the show, I, feel, I felt like I was watching – uh, precursor demonstrations to Woodstock that uh, and I and I and I have said you know many times to you in the in the year or so that we've known each other that um, somebody needs to pick up the mantle somebody needs to uh, do what we did in the 60s which is put a face on this and get a movement and one of the women yesterday I believe it was an Hadley Portman said thank you Mr. Trump because you have created a revolution. What we also need to hear in that statement is he's being responsible for, or we are being responsible for, evolution. That if we are to evolve, if we are to evolve as people, we have to pick up the mantle of what evolution means. And it means to remember that we are spiritual beings having a psychological experience. And what we are saying today as human beings is enough already. There's more to this than all the psychological stuff that we're being bombarded with. We're afraid, we're angry, we're depressed, we're anxious, and, uh, and we feel oppressed and maligned and mistreated. And it's not political, it's human. It's yeah. human to say that life is not black and white. And people need to also know that this is the ethic of the soul, that, mor- uh-huh. that morality has been governing all of this for decades what is right and what is wrong, and what is right and what is wrong comes from our head, comes from our thoughts. What is true or what is false comes from our heart. And yesterday, we saw all of this heart coming out of people. And, uh, and, and there are people, I saw them doing interviews with some of the women, that they, they came to Washington or they came to, the, to their section of the world to do what they're doing because they knew they were making history. And this is exactly what we did in the 60s, that the power, the power that we have as people uh, or the fact that we think we have no power is an illusion. It's, illusion that, it's an illusion that we bought into, and it's not true. Mm-hmm. through our actions mm-hmm. it's, it's 
was so beautiful to see and and the realization that this actually is a spiritual movement that that's happening and again i'm referring to your book because i mean it's it's it, you make things so crystal clear um in the glossary spiritual acting within a shared experience of the world where spiritual is best understood as a sense of meaning and purpose that is greater than the self. People are considered spiritual when they seek to grow from their personal suffering. That's exactly what's happening right now. Yeah, yeah. We're in a spiritual movement, which yeah. is so beautiful. And, and how this different, uh, is different from the 60s, 60s is these are um, young and and there's a lot of the um, older people that are involved in this and how it differs from the 60s and there's no drugs involved in this. Mm -hmm. We're away. Right. We're away. We're conscious. Yeah. You know, drugs aren't behind us at all. Yeah. And that, that's a major difference. So, yeah, yeah. Well, and so... <laughs> Yeah, and so what, what's so timely about the work that I am wanting to share with people is, is that um, this business of the soul's intent is that uh, the soul's intent is that we become embodied. Yesterday was a wonderful example of what embodiment looks like. Yeah. Embodiment, em, yeah, embodiment really is uh, taking responsibility for who we are, stepping up and, and what we are and where we are and when we are. And why we are, this is this is what we're doing, and uh, and so my my work kind of gives a context for this that right now doesn't exist uh, in the culture in a, in a large sense. And so for the folks that listen to this show, I encourage you to share it with somebody because this context that I am teaching is not a soundbite, not a not a, a fragment. Of something that is true, it is a is a is a continuous, holistic, integrative way to look at what it means to be a human being. And important piece of that is is that we can't do that. We can't become uh, or remember what we are, which are spiritual beings having psychological experiences. We can't remember that until we build a bridge between that division, which is what we're seeing in the external right now. We're we're attempting now to repair a bridge. That is happening. That that's happening inside the divided self. But then we're yeah, also, yeah. but we're also building a bridge to that. There's something larger than us at work, and the something that's larger is the soul. And if you want to call it God, that's perfectly fine as well. But it isn't dogma. It isn't morality. It isn't that there's a right and a wrong way to be. There's an ethical way to be, and that ethic involves real compassion. And not just compassion for others, but compassion with oneself. And that's what self-love would be. And so th th that this is, yeah, so all of this just kind of fits into what I'm wanting to teach and what I want people to hear. And this came to me uh, watching people in despair. I didn't have to wait for a revolution. The soul has been uh, involved in the revolution uh, that we are now embracing externally since the soul was aware that despair is a self-correcting measure. Uh -huh. And since the soul has been aware of that, it's been pushing us in that direction for those of us that are awake all of our lives. And, um, right. and so that's the orchestration. The soul is the above observer. 
sees what what it is that we need to see, exposes what we need to 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 expose. The human spirit provokes us, the, the, our, which is our feeling reaction to the present moment. And that provocation is to the personal ego, but it's also to the collective ego. And the heart points the way. So you can see that the that internal GPS that I talk about in my work is happening as we speak. If you want to know what what uh, what the distinction between a spiritual and psychological wound is, a spiritual wound is an event that happens outside of time that separates you from the source. You have a precognitive memory of the separation, and it actually happens when you cut the umbilical cord and you don't have any language until about 16, 18 months of life. And then as soon as you get language and you develop an ego, that separation goes out of your awareness, and which, you know, that I used to be a spiritual being having spiritual experiences, which means I used to be a feeling being, and now I am an emotional being because I am being divided by guilt and shame. And, and that division is, uh, is what we end up focusing on most of our lives. And we don't really bother to heal it. And so if anything is happening worldwide and if anything is happening with my work, and so it's perfectly, you know, timed, is uh, we're bringing back spiritual integrity. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And and spiritual integrity is no more self-deception. We can't just put our head in the sand and act like it isn't happening. We have to step up and do something. And so, so this is kind of forcing us, this movement that's happening now, is kind of forcing us to do exactly that, to, to redefine and to get real clear on what these terms are, what these stages are, what these inner dynamics are, so that we can become congruent, so our inside world begins to match our outside world. It, it, it's, it's, uh, it's profound that it takes something extreme and this is what I was saying in my work do we have to lose our legs before we finally heal this do we have to lose our spinal cord and the answer was in most cases yeah the human ego is that stubborn well so too is the collective ego so that means that everything that's happening is happening for a reason and we are now sorting out what the reason is that we are no longer yeah that we're no longer going to accept the divided self, that we're all in this together, we're all human beings, and we're all trying to 
to live our lives, to pursue happiness, to be the best version of ourselves possible, and we're no longer going to let anything or anybody divide us. And that's what happens with the provocation of the human spirit. So to clarify, feelings and emotions are different. And what we have done over many, many years is we have merged them as if they're one and the same. And so feelings are a reaction to the present moment where emotions are a reenactment, a deja vu of a past tense experience. And so look what's happening. The human spirit said, you know, I'm going to provoke you awake by exposing uh, the truth about the human shadow. And, uh, and emotions now are no longer enough. You've got to start reacting in the present. You can't just keep, you can't just keep reenacting the past. And so, yeah. and, and you know this is true when you listen to the people that's, that spoke yesterday. Uh, they were saying we are not going backwards. We are not going to let this cause us to regress. Right. And that's what's happening. When you get to a place of no more self-deception, you kind of have to take action. You have to do something. Yeah, when you were saying, um, you know, what does it take to wake us up? Do we have to lose our legs? Do we have to have some kind of major trauma to wake us up? And I'm, I'm thinking with what's happening mm-hmm. um, currently, um, do we have to lose our freedom? Right. I think, you know, there's a sense of if we don't do something, we're going to lose our freedom. And to the soul, that would be... Uh, the world would turn into a nightmare. <laughs> well, to, to well to the yeah. soul, to the soul, it means it doesn't, it, it isn't allowed to be, it isn't allowed to express, and this is, you know, this is what it means to be fully, you know, connected to your soul's intent, which is to allow you to, to become congruent with uh, who and what you are, or why and what you are, you know, and um, and and so. One of the things I'm working on right now is a way to talk about those things, who, what, when, where, and why. And uh, those are big questions, you know, what am I? Well, my work teaches you that you're a spiritual being having psychological experiences. And this is, and this is true. We know this is true because of the way we come into the world. And we are connected to that spiritual feeling self. Where you are depends upon how much work you've done to get here. Where are you on the proverbial map that is your life? How much of your story do you have a moral to? How much of your story could you share to another human being and change their lives? That's where. When you are, is are you, in, are you operating out of the past, which is emotional, or are you operating in the present, which is feeling and spiritual? Why you are is literally to be fully embodied means you get to have a reciprocal relationship with life and the world around you. And so the other thing that, that I'm going to add to this who, what, when, where, and why is how. How are you? And I can tell you from my experience with this and working with the human condition for so many years is that we are a shadow of our former selves. And what does that mean? What does that mean? That we are more ego than we are spiritual. We are more personality than we are spiritual. And this is, and this is what's coming to the foreground. It's healing a division, duality, 
equality. It's, it's um, bringing together men and women in uh, a united way, in an equal way. It's um, the, the people that uh, grew up in the 60s and, and participated in that are now, can be at the forefront. We can now pass that baton. So it's bringing together the, the young and the, the older people. It's, it's just uniting us in a way that is, is, is so necessary and, and um, in a way that it hasn't been done before. Yeah, it's, it's, it's healing apathy. Uh, if, 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 if there's one thing, if there's one thing that many young people have is they're very apathetic. You know, they they don't have a lot of hope for the future. They're afraid of the future. They don't even see the big deal in becoming adults because so many adults are not happy with their lives, and so many adults are are debt slaves, or they're disgruntled, or they're oppressed, and and so many young people uh, are very apathetic. Uh, which is why the suicide rate is so high in young people. Um, so, so this that we are witnessing is giving our young people something to put their teeth in. That yeah. there, that there's yeah. more, there's more to life than um, than a right and a wrong way to be. There's an ethical way to be, and it's it's heart driven. It's uh, and it lives in the place of compassion and self love and and loving one another, and so. Love, truth, and freedom ends up becoming a dimensional place that we can move to and and, just, and choose to yeah. live inside of. It doesn't have to be information. And we are so right. bombarded with so much information that we don't know what is true and what is false. And that's unfortunate. And so we and so we have all these fragments. And so one of the things that that I that I feel very humbled by is is that in my pursuit of understanding human beings in the human condition that I've come up with a context for this that integrates all counseling and psychological theory. It integrates with, with the most part, all religious teachings and all spiritual teachings. And so it, is, it doesn't tread on anybody's belief system, but it takes them to a much uh, higher level of knowing. And that's where you have to go. You have to, you have to, move, you have to, you have to move from believing to knowing. And, uh, and that's the spiritual challenge for all of us. Well, it's 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 who, what, when, where, and how, <laughs> yeah, and why, yeah, when, what, who, where, yeah. what, yeah, the five W's, yeah. 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 But I'm covering I'm covering the answer to those, and those are big questions. That uh, how wonderful is it that I have an answer for who, what, when, where, and why you are, and I also have a solution to how you are. Uh, this is. It's quite therapeutic and quite healing to have a context that makes sense about your life and about the culture that you live inside of. And this is what my work is doing, and it is, uh, and so it's profound work. I was thinking when you were when you were talking about that, how um, maturity does have more of a handle on the who, what, when, where, all of those, and and the importance of the young people now, kind of trusting and tapping into the wisdom of people that um, are, have been tuned into this for a long time and kind of relying on our wisdom. And, and that's a big part of your teachings is the wisdom that you gained not only from your own life experience, but from watching your trauma patients and learning from them and, and writing the soul's intent based on that and the wisdom that, that you have gained. 
Um, I, I think right now it's so important for the young people to understand that um, there is a maturity and wisdom in their elders and that to tap into that and, and let us pass the baton. And I think I make the distinction that, that it isn't just enough to be mature. If you ask most people the definition of maturity, they would say that it's acting their age, being responsible, taking care of business, you know, managing their checking account, going to work on time. These are mature behaviors, and certainly that is chronological, but what I'm referring to here is depth, and that, and that depth only comes, only comes from learning from your adversity and your suffering. And so we've been sitting around the past 25 or 30 years suffering with what it means to be a psychological being. Uh, when, when in actuality we are more spiritual than psychological and um, is coming to the foreground because we're saying now with the provocation of our feelings that emoting isn't enough, that we, that we have to do something other than just sit back and swim in our emotions. We have to, we have to react in the present and deal with what that means and take responsibility for what that means. And so, and, and, but, it, but we needed an impetus. We needed something to fuel it, and this is the, this is the role of Donald Trump. He is an extension uh, of the human shadow that has always been there and has always been in, 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 our, in, in front of us, but now it's in our face. And because it's in our face, we cannot ignore it. And so this, this idea of, of morality, because... So many times, even even as far back as the Columbine shootings, uh, people were wanting to put the Ten Commandments into the school system as if that this is all about following the rules and understanding that it's about the rules. Well, the it's, it's about the ethic, and the ethic of every spiritual teaching on this planet is built on compassion, and uh, – but, but we live in a culture that thinks compassion is sacrifice, sacrificial and martyrdom when compassion uh, in the external is compromised, which is what we're trying to do right now, trying to find a middle ground in the place that we are in. But internally, compassion becomes self-love. It's suffering with ourselves instead of for ourselves as victims. And so this is what's shifted. We've, we've made the shift from... Enough victimization. You know, we're not going to be victimized anymore, and now, and now we have a movement behind that. It's like we're saying, I've been victimized by my life, by my circumstances, but I will not be victimized by my government. And so, and then it just kind of moves out from there. I won't be victimized by my educational system. I won't be victimized by my church. I won't be victimized by my neighbors. So we're, we're saying enough on victimization. And of course, the 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 opposite of victim is survivor, mm-hmm. and and so this is what's this is what fueled the movement. All these survivors are saying enough. We've had enough. We've had enough victimization. We're not going to go back. What's wonderful, I mean, and, and it's it's hard to connect the world, uh, the word wonderful with what's happening right now. But I really, I really <laughs> feel that that. Um, Right. So the gift in what's happening now is it is in our face, and it, it has to be cleaned up now because it's in our face. It, it's always been there. I mean, Trump didn't bring all of this. He didn't create it. It's been there all the while, but he's brought it to the surface that now we have to deal with it, and that's the gift. 
there, there's no way to um, get to a place of presence without dealing with the human shadow. And this is what the culture has been trying to do, you know, trying to go around the human ego and trying to go around all of what that means to get to a place of happiness and fulfillment and empowerment. And you cannot go around it. You have to heal it. And, uh, and so we, we are witnessing uh, a, a division in, in the culture that is attempting to heal. And, the, and you're right, the division, the division has always been there. Um, and, and from those of us who grew up when these demonstrations were happening for civil rights and for women's rights and for handicapped people and all this stuff, it was targeted to individual groups. Now, I love what, uh, what, what, what Gloria Steinem said, that women's rights are human rights. And we have been letting go of our civil liberties one at a time. I mean, you, you, you know this when you go into a store to buy a six-pack of beer and they card you, <laughs> um, and, you're, and you're 65 years old. I mean, uh, as, as small of a deal as that may seem, that is a liberty, a civil liberty that was taken away. Uh, and so we just kind of sit back and let this right or wrong way to be govern uh, what it means to be in this culture and what it means to be a human being, and, and there's more to this than morality. It's the ethic of, of the heart, and it's the intent of the soul that we be the best version of ourselves possible, but we also be a true version of ourselves instead of acting and pretending and going along with the masses, and this is what's happening. I'm wondering if you could take um, a, a, a few moments to... I know you define spirit in a, a different way than, than I've heard it before, and I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about about how you define spirit because something I'm, 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 it, that's just coming to me now it's, it's like um, the spirit of our country was broken yes and that's what caused the, the mm-hmm. apathy and yes. so it's, it's like now we're trying to heal that, that, that broken spirit we're becoming spirited in my eyes I'm just wondering in your terms if you could kind of well, I need, to, I need to back up and say, you know, that one, one of the problems I had, and, and I don't even like calling myself a spiritual teacher. I think I'm just a teacher. But um, one of the things that occurred to me as I was working with severe trauma is that, um, that when I was watching these people come back from despair, I mean, real physical trauma like, like amputation or head injury or, uh, or paralysis. Um, something inside of them was pulling them into the present in spite of the human ego. And this something that was doing that was the soul. But I wanted to understand what was provoking them to be present because they were more present with themselves than any other time. And so it, it, as I was looking at what was happening in the spiritual community, the definition of spirituality, you get, you get across the board. You can ask 100 people and get 100 different ways to define it. Uh, and so I asked the question, well, technically, what is, a human, what is the human spirit? And, and how does it get broken? Well, um, the human spirit happens, like I said before, developmentally when, uh, when we take on ego around the onset of language, we take on the divided self at that point. But the human spirit is actually formed when the umbilical cord is cut and we are no longer connected to the creator. 
And that separation from the creator in the heart of the creator, which, by the way, is synchronized with the infant when it's in the womb, a synchronization is felt in the body. It isn't thought about in the mind, and it isn't analyzed or categorized. It is experienced, it's experienced in the body, and it's remembered. Well, so as soon as we come into the world, uh, and what's profound about that, Irma, that means almost for three years of our existence, from the time that we begin as a burst of light, and which is the birth of the human soul, and, and by the time that a brain and a spinal cord and a heart is created, which is around, what, 15 weeks or so of the pregnancy, it may even be sooner than that, I, I forget the exact period of time, but as soon as we take on the divided self, uh, we, we, our spirit gets broken because we get cut away from it and have to, have to adapt. And so the adaptation of the human ego and, and, and being told that the human ego is the compass is what I call the faded break. And that faded break is, is hurtful. It hurts our feelings. And it's present tense, and it's in the present tense moment. Well, as soon as that faded break happens, a broken spirit turns mean-spirited. Well, there's only two places to go with mean-spiritedness, in at the self or out of the world. Mean-spiritedness is the thought and feeling that creates the emotion. So in other words, as soon as we figure out there's a right and a wrong way to be, as soon as we figure out that skinny's better than fat and tall's better than short and and men are better than women, whatever it is we're struggling with, we, we put that away. We suppress it in some way. And that suppressing of that pain of having to act our way and adapt our way through life uh, creates uh, a bully inside of us. Uh, and Carl Jung would call that the human shadow. And we have a choice of what we're going to do with that bully. We're going to either attack ourselves with it or we're going to attack the culture with it. There's only two places to go, in or out. So as I, as I began to see that unfold developmentally and as I began to understand that, uh, I thought, well, then the definition of spirituality needs to be generic and it needs to be very clear. It's got nothing to do with religion or dogma or all these other things that we're told. Spirituality is pursuit and understanding of our suffering. And we undergo two very unique sufferings. One is the separation from source, and the second one is a separation from ourselves. And, and, so, and, and so truly spiritual people spend their entire lives trying to heal that divide and reconnect yeah. and reconnect. Right. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's, that's the way well, I define yes. it. Well, and we say in the culture, we say in the culture, adversity builds character, but we don't, we don't tell the people what's in the peripheral, what's in parentheses in that statement. Adversity builds character, yes, but it tears it down first. Yeah. And and we also say that the truth will set you free, you know, but it hurts first. Mm. And so look at what's happening. It, it it's the adversity that we have been exposed to in this country right now. Uh, that has been magnified, that has exacerbated and made worse our own inner division and, uh, and our own separation to the source, whatever you may think the source would be. And so, uh, but we're not taught how to suffer, but yet there is an ethical way to do it. What we do instead is, is we try to get around suffering 
or that we confuse the word with victimization. You know, that we think that, it, that a victim, that we're a victim, and so therefore we, that's what it means to suffer. Uh, as if we have a choice to be victim or not, which is true. Sometimes we have a choice, sometimes we don't. But we don't have a choice on being separated from the source because that's, that's what we all have to contend with. So you asked me one time, does everybody have a broken spirit? Anybody who takes on the human ego gets their spirit broken, which means anybody who comes in a feeling being ends up becoming an emotional being because an emotion is formed by a thought and a feeling combined, which then forms a belief and a memory, which is why, which is why it's deja vu. And then so, yeah. so, so what, I, what, I've, what I teach in my work is, is that the source wound, which is a separation from, uh, from something larger than ourselves, is the sticky surface for all other adversity to stick to. And we're so consumed in that adversity that we forget the source wound, which is separation from, you know, from, from God or separation from a higher power or from a higher self. And the higher self, of course, would be the soul. So, and so, you know, the, 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 the soul's intent is really simple. It, it, it wants to be fully embodied. It wants to be fully in this experience, and it can't be because it is constricted by all the adaptation and all the time we spend, you know, spend adapting. And we think that that's the norm. And, uh, and, and we also think that the human ego is the compass because we use the ego to adapt. And the ego is wonderful for the outside world. It is clueless in our inner lives. It does, it's blind in our inner lives. The ego cannot see its own reflection. And so this is why it's so important to be able to see the, the world from the soul's perspective, which I call your above observer. The vantage point of being able to see the whole of your life all the time, inside and out, is what you are capable of doing. But you were convinced early on that your heart is not the compass and that the ego is and, uh, is, and as a result of that uh, you're lost to all these, all these external pressures and external demands of what it means to be a human being and you can see the result yeah, yeah and, and unless and until we kind of embrace our, our suffering self-correction we can't really get to a, a feeling place of beingness yes. in, in our lives and so if we don't do that, it's like we never really, um, really fully experience our life in a, a true way because you can't unless you, unless and until you get to a place of um, feeling and beingness. Well, and and so and so, what we're talking about is is the is the distortions that I that I was exposed to. I mean, when I was working. With these trauma patients, I was working with Jews, Protestants, Catholics, Baptists, agnostics, atheists, Buddhists, every belief system on the planet at some time or, or, or another, and none of them were getting any comfort from their rabbis and their ministers and their preachers, and the reason they weren't getting any comfort is because they were being told they didn't have to suffer, that put it in, put it in God's hands and everything will be okay, and that, that's a distortion. What they really meant was you don't have to behave and think and live like a victim, but suffering is built in. And so if we never learn, it, it, it's, it'd be no different than never learning how to grieve, you know. 
that that one of the things that happens in life is is change it's i mean change is there all the time which means life and death is happening all the time if we don't learn how to grieve then when grief happens we're leveled by it you see so we have to learn how to do this and uh and so this is what my teachings are showing people that uh that you don't have to be a victim or you don't have to live in your victimization because we all at some level get victimized by by the culture and by our circumstances but you don't have to live and think and breathe uh, victimization uh, you can take that and and understand that that may be where you started from but that isn't who you are and it isn't what you are and it isn't why you are and it isn't even when you are and uh, and so we and so we spend so much time on uh, on the when and the where and the and the who and we you know who am I where am I and when am I kind of and we spend so little time on what am I and why am I and and, and it's and it's the what and the why that we've been disconnected from and, and 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 again what am I is a soul a living breathing burst of light that that is a hopeful expectation for the future and all that it can be. Uh, and that's what I am and why I am is to then have a reciprocal relationship with life itself. But we're so stuck on I, I, me, me, which is, which is the, uh, the work of the, of the when and the where and the, and the who that, uh, that we'd ever get to the what and the why. And so what, what, what happens in the culture in a developmental sense is we get a, we get a glimpse of this in midlife. And so it's almost like it, – well, it's not almost like. I think I, what I've come to, to understand in, in my dialoguing with you and, and, and with my patients is, is that um, it's almost like that we, as human beings, were evolving. And I don't just mean with, tech, with, with the technology and discoveries and, and, and all those things. I mean evolving as a species, as spiritual beings – and then we just somehow kind of stopped around midlife, and so and so we don't we don't really spend any more time looking beyond uh, the big questions after midlife, and uh, and so that's where we kind of get locked in and set into our ways, and become prisoners of our own beliefs and prisoners of our own uh, myoptic view of this. And I, I say myoptic view because the ego only sees uh, what's in the viewfinder of the camera. If you back the camera away from your face, the soul sees everything that the camera doesn't take in. And we have the capacity to see what the soul sees. But we need, yeah. but we need to have some adversity. We need to have a, a near-death experience for our life to flash before us. We wait for the flash. And the interesting part about it, and I'm saying this for the first time, <clears throat> is we wait for the flash. We forget that we started out as a flash, that we were a flash, a burst of light in the beginning. So the very thing that we're waiting for, we are. Uh-huh. And that's profound. I'm, I'm wondering, I, you started to talk about it a little bit earlier in the show. I'm wondering when you look at what's going on currently, are we healing a psychological wound or a spiritual wound or both? Well, we are healing a psychological wound right now. This, this movement is 
about a divided self that has been magnified by a divisive president. So we are healing the psychological self and unknowingly preparing to reconnect to the source. Uh, you know, and so each each individual who is stepping up and taking responsibility for their lives and being um, infused by the passion of this movement need to also know that this is an opportunity to stay present. This is an opportunity to feel your way through the rest of your life rather than emote your way the rest of the way of your life. So emotions and psychological division is what is what has got us uh, is what is in the foreground and what is happening in the in the in the external. But what is potentially possible is that we wake up uh, to something even larger than this, and that is the higher self, uh, which is which is the soul and the soul's intent and and really, which is connected to life itself. Does that make sense? One is a one is a yeah. precursor for the other to happen. Without mm-hmm. without yes. the without the precursor healing of the divided self, we can't get to the higher self. And uh, so it's a, it's 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 like a precursor movement, so to speak. And so what I want people to understand, and what I meant about the timing of this, is that you know I'm I'm basically an unknown entity at this point, and I'm I'm wanting the world to hear about the discoveries of my work with the human soul and the human condition, and it could not be more timely because this movement is evidence that the human spirit has provoked us into action. And we have to be real clear that it isn't just to heal the division that's in ourselves. It's to also heal the separation that we, that we feel from something larger than ourselves that is, that we carry with us every day. You know, I say all the time, the soul is not on, I mean, it's not off. It's never away. It's not, it's always there. Uh, it's always functioning. And so, and the soul's intelligence so far exceeds our brain, the heart's intelligence so far exceeds our brain. Being able to tap into that is being able to navigate, which is what that internal GPS is to navigate, not just the external, but to navigate your internal world as well. So, you know, right now we're, we're looking at it externally, but it will, just by the numbers alone, there will be some people that will be forever changed because they were provoked into this awakened state that they are in. And in a, in a very big way, we're kind of uninstalling the, the ego as our compass and we're reinstalling the heart. And because of that, we're experiencing a, a birth of our true self. That's what I see happening. And I couldn't be any more excited and tuned in and, and thrilled to be alive to, to watch this. Well, and that's very accurate because we, as uh, is, is we, is integrity uh, has been collapsing and self-deception is collapsing and that we can no longer, you know, we can't put the veil back up and not see what, we, what we've seen. We cannot unhear what we've heard. Uh, we can't forget what has happened. Uh, as much as we, we can't do that, we also can't ignore what is true and what is false. And this is, and this is what's happening. In, in, uh, when, you, when you collapse integrity, you have to kind of reorient yourself to the task. And, and the reorientation is, 
in this what, where, when, who, and why am I kind of questioning. Uh, the, the soul kind of orchestrates us to see what it is we need to see. The human spirit or our feeling reaction to the present moment provokes us to take action, which means it provokes the ego awake and the heart points the way, which is towards a true north, your true north. And in this case, true north of the human experience. We are so, and so we, it's, it's like we get, we have the opportunity here, Irma, to, to get back in line with the evolutionary process of, of, uh, of taking the depth of our suffering and growing beyond where we are right now. We haven't gone, we haven't gone full circle. What we've, what we've done is we have played out this particular model, which is a psychological existence. You know, I'm a psychological uh-huh. being, you know, having spiritual experiences. We've played that out as far as it can go. Now we have to get back to what we are, which are spiritual beings having psychological experiences. Yeah. And that yeah. and that yeah. psycho spiritual and that psycho spiritual understanding is all inclusive. Uh-huh. You know, one of the things one of the things that we're that we're that we're talking about in the movement right now is 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 inclusion women and people of color and people of different cultures. Well, it's no different inside of us. We've got people of color. We've got different cultures. We've got different identifications inside our own inner lives. Uh, We have to bring those together as well. And, And building a bridge between the divided self is where it begins, which is what we're doing now and healing that bridge so that we can then, get back on the bridge towards a, a, a higher version of ourselves. So, and it could not happen any other way. It had to happen this way. Something I wanted to mention that I think is such an important part of your teachings and um, you coming public with your teachings is how important dialogue is. And I think that's so major right now with what's going on to invite people into dialogue. And, you know, the major difference between having a debate, whether it's one-on-one or in a group, um, than having dialogue and the importance of of dialogue and um, how that plays out in, in what you're bringing to the public. Could you talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah, I think I think to to me it's that that the first conversation that we have to get some understanding of is the conversation that's going on inside of us and being aware of what of of what that communication is. If if the soul is orchestrating and the human spirit's provoking, and the ego is having its uh, uh, its reaction to the provocation and the and the heart's pointing the way. Then what is driving our our thinking, and uh, and what what is the voice in our head, and what is the voice saying? And uh, you know, I've given names to these voices. I think that are universal, and and I'm I'm calling these voices counselor, mediator, critic, and bully. And so that communication that is taking place inside of us uh, is the first communication we have to understand. And, and if we get a grip on what that is and get an understanding of what it is and have a context, it makes us better communicators in the world. As spiritual beings having psychological experiences, we have been, we have been sold the idea that life is, is seeking answers when the soul knows that life is coming up with better questions. 
And so, so, so dialogue, dialogue is, is exactly that. It isn't um, debate because debate is typically tied to a hard-fixed idea uh, or, or it's tied to beliefs and, uh, and, and, and one person's defending their position. The human condition is the human condition. There are some absolutes about it that we have to embrace and we have to and, and we have to understand those absolutes in the same way that that we have to accept that the world is round and it's not flat. It's a shift in perspective. It's, isn't it? It isn't a paradigm shift that, that we that we talked about in the consciousness movement, or even a paradigm shift in the empowerment movement. It is that we need to have a shift in perspective of what is the task here? What you know? And how do we get oriented to the task? And the task yeah, and, and, and yeah, and the task is how do we grow into being the the fullest version of ourselves? The honest answer to that is we have to bring the human ego into the present, which means it has to dissolve and shake off all of what it thought was true to get to a valid place. And uh, and so and that's the work. That's the, that's the that's the journey. And and uh, so so getting on the Getting on the proverbial path of what it means to be human is what this is about. It isn't uh, the soul's intent. Isn't teaching a uh, dogma. It isn't a belief system. It is a it is a full context of what it means to be a human being, and and it's um, it's not up for debate. It just is. And so I encourage people that are listening to this. If you're if you're hearing me for the first time. You know, I'm, I'm about to do some webinars through the Theosophy Society in Chicago, and those those are happening the first or second week in February. Attend the classes because what the classes are going to be about is is exactly that, getting people oriented to the task, and and it and it will be driven by the quality of the questions that I receive. I I, I do not come into uh, working with anybody who is struggling with their suffering or struggling with their uh, their lives and pretend to uh, think I know what they need to hear. For me to meet somebody where they are, they have to ask questions. And uh, and, the, and the quality of those questions are, are really what drives the process. And so that that to me is is the dialogue. Gosh, and it's almost like I'm hearing you say that for the first time, but I've heard you say that many, many times. But I'm just fully getting it in this moment. The importance of you can't come at a, uh, towards a webinar or a public event with a teaching in place assuming that you know where anybody's at. Right, right. Well, and it's it's no different than than me and my in, in my private practice as a therapist. I mean, I I can't pretend to know what you need to hear. I need to hear your I need to hear your story. I need to hear what your questions are about that story. I need to uh, to understand what you believe and what you think and what you feel and and what emotions you're struggling with. And this is the and this is it. And so I I, I think that that you know I I talk all the time about sight, about vision, uh, so much so that I, I, I consider myself a little bit of, a, of an optometrist <laughs> because, because we live in a culture right now that, that, that kind of operates on hindsight's 2020, which means that, we, that we're learning from our mistakes. But what we don't stop and realize is that 
what body posture would you have to be in to be living your life like hindsight's 2020? Would you'd have to be looking over your left or right shoulder at the past? And since your and since your eyes are not forward, you cannot see where you're going. So hindsight is 2020 again. It's one of those things where we can't do that anymore. We have to get back to the other vision that is that we are capable of, which is insight, which is X-ray vision, which is foresight, which is the capacity to see the future. We have all of those sights available to us, uh, and the soul is there. Uh, holding the lens for us to look through. And so when you look through the lens of the ego, you already know that you're living on hindsight's 2020. And so this is why it's a problem uh, to leave the human ego as the, as the compass or the brain, which is where the ego resides, as the compass. You know, the, and, and you ask a lot of people to point on their body where the human compass is, and sadly many people point to their head. And it's, it's, it's always been the heart. And, but you have to know that it is more than a pump. You have to know that the human heart sends 100,000 signals to the brain for one signal the brain sends to it. Uh, it it's more than just a pump. As, as the body uh, is more than just a set of organs, the body is, is really what it means to be present. When, if, 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 if the soul desires to be fully embodied, it means for you to be in your body and in your head simultaneously. I think in Eastern philosophy, they call that being mindful. Either way, that's what you have to be in both at the same time, not one or the other. And they're not pitted against each other, the head and the heart. They are, they, they are designed to work in unison, not in opposition. But this is what's happened. Many of us are so detached from our hearts that we don't even realize how valuable they are. Well, yeah, that there's uh, an intelligence in mm-hmm. the heart. The yes. heart has intelligence, yeah. yeah. If you were to look at what's happening currently and and see it as a movement, and if you were to put a, a word to go with what kind of movement, because it is, it's so clear that we are in a movement right now. What would you, is there a word that you would put in front of movement? What kind of movement are we in right now? Well, I'm going to go back to to one of your original questions. I think we are in in a movement that we cannot transcend the dysfunction of the culture. We have to fix it. So it's a, it's a movement to heal dysfunction. Period. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. And in a very specific kind of dysfunction, and that is psychological division. And to also know that in this movement of healing, psychological division uh, is the potential to reconnect with the truth about what you are, which is a spiritual being trapped in a psychological experience. Thank you for being a part of The Soul's Intent with author, psychologist, and spiritual teacher, Ernie Vecchio. This is the show that can open your mind to things you never thought possible. While problems manifest psychospiritually, on a most essential level, there exists an energy component that provides the instructions for these fields to enter awareness. And The Soul's Intent is here to help you learn what these instructions are. Join us each week to learn how there is a physical place of love, truth, and freedom, and how in an instant, learn that moving to such a place is actually a choice.